to Talk FX, where we promise to keep the conversation honest and real for our Fragile X community. We are a group of moms of Fragile X children, self-advocates, and full mutation carriers from Washington, Idaho, and Oregon, all on a mission to share our stories and experiences in the hopes of reaching more Fragile X families and creating more awareness of Fragile X syndrome. So with that in mind, let's jump right in to this week's episode of Talk FX. Thanks for tuning in to Talk FX. We're continuing with our last episode of the Fragile X Diagnosis series. Today, I'm co-hosting with Michelle, a Fragile X mom, as we welcome Ashley to today's episode. She is also a Fragile X mom to Sebastian, who has full mutation Fragile X. Thank you for being with us today, Ashley. We definitely know that um, this isn't an easy story to share for sure, but we're so grateful for your willingness to just be on Talk FX today and be a part of bringing more awareness to Fragile X syndrome. Great. I'm, I'm really happy to be part of this and it definitely is a, a tough journey and just receiving diagnosis alone is very, very hard. Um, and I'm glad to share Sebastian's story to bring more awareness, to let other families know that they're not alone on this journey. Absolutely. Um, so at what age was Sebastian when he received his diagnosis? He was um, about to be a little bit before his two-year birthday. So um, we found out in January of this year, and he turned two in June. Um so it was, I had, I kind of prolonged it. Um, I kind of knew something wasn't right uh, at an earlier age, but I think I kind of just wanted to embrace the moment before finding out anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I waited closer to his two-year birthday. So I had at least that whole year to embrace and not think of Uh, I didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't know what was going on with him. I just knew that I just wanted to embrace whatever before I found out anything. Um, And so that's why I waited a little bit longer. Okay. And um, so was it, you said it, you kind of noticed that um, something just, you know, wasn't right um so was it you that kind of started to know that or was it your um doctor that that mentioned something um or how did that kind of go so I started to notice around maybe when he was six months I want to say um I also had well I have a nephew that's around his age and um, I, I kind of started to compare. I know you're not supposed to, or they say don't compare your children, but I did. I started to notice things that my nephew was doing that my son wasn't doing. And I was like, I started thinking about it to myself. I didn't bring it up to anybody. And as time went on, um, maybe like 
a couple months passed by and I brought it up to my husband and I kind of started researching online like what this could be what that could be and uh, the first thing that would pop up was autism and I started to freak out and I told my husband and he's like you know just just wait he's still little he has time to grow Um, and I'm like no no like I know something's wrong so I was kind of starting to feel alone because I was going to my husband and he whether it was because he didn't want to really accept it or he really did have the hope that our son was going to still you know change um I that's kind of that that was the route that I took was um googling everything which is the worst thing ever and I once I did that um I think at his 18 month appointment is when I no a little bit before his 18 months sorry it was 12 month appointment and we had the appointment with his doctor and um he asked is he doing is he you know pulling to stand is he cruising and everything was no is he starting to say one word is he starting to say mama like anything and I said no and I, um, and that's when he was like, okay, let's give him until 18 months. And if when you guys come back at 18 months, he's not doing any of this, then I will send him to see, um, a specialist. And at that moment, I just freaked out and I was like praying every single day. And I was just hoping to see a change and, nothing it was just he wasn't progressing he would he wasn't crawling he didn't crawl until maybe two months or three months after his first birthday and um maybe even longer um but it was really hard it was a really hard um you know road just to get to his diagnosis because I think I was living every single day with well, what if he has this or what can it be? Um, so it was, it was hard. Um, that, so that's kind of how we got to his getting him to the doctor is because I started noticing it, um, early on. And I have a few friends that have kids around my son's age. And that, that was another thing. I started seeing posts of, oh, my kid is doing this. And I was like, wow, like my son's not doing that. That's weird. So it was just very difficult um, to kind of accept without knowing, without having an actual diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for sharing, Ashley. Yeah, Ashley. I, you know, as I listen to you, I, I totally relate. Everything you said was something that I went through. Everything, every aspect, every detail. Um, our son's similar six months, you know, starting to see something. My husband was, no, you know, everything's different and he'll grow out of it. And, um, even to the point of, uh, doctors, mm-hmm. neurologists saying, oh, he's mm-hmm. grow out of it. He'll talk someday. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I appreciate your, um, your vulnerability and your, and your, your tough, your tough mom. I can tell yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> and, uh, 
you're brave. You're brave for sharing your story this early. I, I remember kind of hesitating to tell anybody um, when Nate was two. I just, we had, uh, Nate had a nephew, same age. And he was, of course, meeting his milestones and Nate wasn't. And I wanted to protect Nate from anybody, you know, noticing. <laughs> so I'd always like brag about his, um, the things he could do and the things he was doing great. So that's, you know, I keep doing that today is just, this is what mm -hmm. he can do. He's doing this well. And I, I sense that you're the same. You have that same um, mindset and I applaud you for that because that's going to push you into, into the positive forward direction that you're going to need to go. And um, so thank you very much for sharing all that. Just brought me back um, to ask for me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's real. It's very real. Once you get that diagnosis, um, it was a very, very, very hard um, sound to the ear, I guess you could say. And um, I think the only reason why I decided to speak on my son's um, diagnosis so early and try to advocate so early on is because I don't think I personally didn't even know I was a carrier one and two um, I've never even heard of fragile X. Uh, and so I felt like it kind of was my calling to bring it out into the world and let people know that they are normal kids. Um, they are normal adults, you know, um, and to just treat everyone the same. I mean, um, I didn't want my son to grow up and either one, because no one knew what was going on with him, treat him differently um, and or to him be excluded because of whatever's going on with him. I don't know if that made sense, but um, I just that was that sits in me every single day is to just speak on my son and the only thing I could do is like you said is cherish what he can do and that's what matters is that what he can do today is a big thing and it's a victory every single day of his life um, whether it's him making I mean my son has always had great eye contact but as an example whether it's him making some eye contact with someone like that's a big step and um you know I don't share his story because I want people to feel bad about about my about me or about my son I share it because I want people to know that there are other people with differences and that's okay and we're going to treat everyone the same um and it's very hard. It's very difficult. I am a young mom, so I never ex envisioned my life to be where I am today. Um, it's wrong. Yeah, you know, you're still in the you're still in the in the young steps of mm -hmm. this diagnosis, and you're, and you're still learning. Um, and there's a lot of emotion, not just about your child, but about yourself, about your relationship with your husband, with you know 
not the relationship itself, but how right. you feel in that relationship, right? You know what right. I'm talking about. And, you know, we carry some guilt that, you know, we grow out of eventually. That's my uh, promise to you is you will, if you're feeling that, um, like I did, I, it, it goes away because you advocate um, fully. You're, and then you all, as a family, you're all advocating and you all see the beauty and the potential and the, and the amazing gift that these kids bring um, yes. to our life. Um, and it Nathan has changed me as a person. Um, I am so much more patient. Oh, yes. I never used to have patience <laughs> I have today. Um, I agree. And just the understanding. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And it changes your family. Those that embrace your child and see him grow and see him make those wonderful, um, the wonderful progress, you know, they all just, just rally around him and, and cheer him on. Right. Um, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And you want to share with the world about your child because you want them to feel the same things you're right. feeling like this is a great life. Um, and not, and not everybody sees that or understands it. And so I applaud you and I thank you as a fellow mom, um, special needs mom for, for sharing this, because I think it will help the world understand a little bit more that it's okay right. to have differences and that we're all deserving of everything life has to offer. Right no matter where we're at. I completely agree. Um, I mean, I just, the only thing I can do is I, you know, I pray for those that don't want to understand or don't care to understand special needs kids um, because there's nothing else really to do. Uh, you can't force someone to understand your child um, but I, when Sebastian was first diagnosed, what was interesting is that, um, he was diagnosed first being on the spectrum. So we kind of didn't really know about Fragile X until his second visit. And that was because, um, I'm not, I don't. I'm not 100% sure if this happens with every family that gets diagnosed, but um, when we went, she diagnosed him on the spectrum and then um, asked for genetic testing to be done. Um, and with that, she had asked if he came back positive, then I had to get tested. And so I think like you said, um, you know, you go through all these emotions and guilt. Um, and I think I'm slowly getting to the point where I don't, I'm not feeling the guilty emotion as much as I was at the very, very beginning. Um, like you said, I am very brand new to this journey. So, but I think what has helped me is to advocate and to not, uh, and that's helped me to not feel as guilty that, you know, this just happens and it's okay. It's okay. Um, you know, there's different plans for everybody. And I was one of those. And yep, 
part of the plan. Correct. And I, I just had a baby four months ago and thank you. And so he, we also, we found out in the middle of my pregnancy. So just imagine the double emotions going on. And, um, I was just, I mean, I could not go a day without crying and worried because that's when we found out that my, um, the baby could have fragile X as well. It was a 50, 50 chance. And I was just heartbroken because I was like, wow, like this is crazy. Like I cannot believe that I'm causing this. So this, you know, I could pass this on to any of my children and, um, we actually just got the results back this morning and thankfully he's not a carrier and does not have fragile X. Um, so that was a stressor on me because I was just, but then I started thinking the f- way back before, um, you know, if my son does have fragile X, it's okay because he will completely understand Sebastian. Sebastian will have someone that will understand him more than I can understand him. And I also thought, well, if he doesn't have it, he'll have someone to lean on um, that will be there for him at all times. So either way, I was winning, I felt, um, because regardless, I feel like A lot of people see kids with special needs, um, they don't know, they don't understand. And I speak for myself, but Sebastian's very, very, very smart. I mean, he knows when, you know, you tell him or when he's doing something wrong, like he'll look at you and be like, ha ha, like, I'm going to do this. So... I know Sebastian understands. Um, I just, he's not verbal. He's nonverbal. So I think that's kind of where the barrier is, is him not being able to speak. Um, And uh, we do have him in early intervention. So good. I was just going to Yeah. So we do have him in early intervention. I mean, the minute we got his diagnosis was, I like made sure I got onto everything I could um, because I wanted to make sure that my son could live the best life he could. And I didn't want to hold him back because I was feeling some type of way. Um, He deserved, you know, to, to keep growing Um, just because of this diagnosis. It doesn't define who he is as a person. Um, That's right. So, so that's kind of, that's kind of where he's at right now. He is doing a whole bunch of um, therapies. Our schedule is filled of therapies. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm hoping that one day that it'll lessen or. (laughs) It will. It will. It's going to get easier. It, it, It will get easier. Um. I will say though, their receptive language is super strong. Expressive is where it's difficult. And that's why speech therapy is so important at a young age. 
um, my son also was was um, nonverbal for a long time. And thank God for speech therapists out there. And um, I bow down to you, all you speech therapists <laughs> listening today, because without you, um, our son wouldn't be able to probably speak today. But uh, they are they are talented people, and there's hope. There's hope. Um, I want to make sure. So Sebastian is how old? He is now two, two. Yes. Okay. All right. Good. Well, the next step then is preschool with the public schools. If that's your choice of, of um, you know, your journey and don't forget to, and I'm sure birth to three of the early intervention folks will guide you and get you all set up with that. But um, that's a good, that's also good um, to do as well. Yeah, that is, that's something I'm really nervous about. Um, I've heard good things and bad things and um, but like you said there is the early interventionist that will help and guide me. Um, Are you here in the northwest? I am in uh, California. Oh oh, yeah so um, I just you know I hope for the best in the future. I hope that my son can you know be good in school as in um I mean it's just it's a hard it's a hard journey I guess I wouldn't know until I'm there but I I think there's I think there's really good advice out there that you're going to hear over and over and that is don't project out don't project out and don't worry about the future worry about right now in the present and don't miss a moment because so much time goes by so fast and talk about the guilt. You're going to feel guilty for not being in the moment. Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, and, and things and times going to change things and processes and, um, and services. Um, so what you hear today may not be the truth in two years. So, just remember that. And there's a lot of legislation moving around and bills being passed to support people with developmental disabilities. So, and, and I, I really um, hope you jump into advocacy on the state level and as well as the federal level. And um, I can tell you more about that um, on a sidebar conversation sometime, but um, yeah. you've got your hands full right now. <laughs> I don't want to overwhelm Oh, no, I would love but, to, um, to hear more about it, that. Good. It, it helped me really just stay focused. And it, it really helped me mentally as well. Um, and it's, it's a, something to really dive into, I think. Yeah, I mean, change. I feel like anything that I can do um, to help what is is great. I, I don't, um, even though I have so much going on, I will do anything and everything to be able to advocate for Fragile X and any, you know, developmental disability. Um, because you've got grit, girl. You've got a lot of grit. You've got a lot of strength and you're a positive person. You're, you're going to be, um, a great advocate 
for your son and for all of our kids. And you are, um, you're going to inspire others. So I appreciate your attitude and, and your positivity. Thank you so much. Like I said, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the only thing I can do. I can't sit here and dwell, oh, this happened to me. No, I think at this point, I just need to put my big girl mommy pants on and <laughs> just pull up the bootstraps. Yeah, get the ball rolling here, you know. Um, we don't have any time to waste. Anything that can help any family um, is great. And I just, the feeling of being able to you know, I know there's a lot of, I've had a lot of grandparents and parents reach out to me through Instagram and tell me, you know, um, my family just found out or, you know, you're, you're doing great at this. Um, I don't have, you know, the energy to put into my kids sometimes. And it's nice that I can inspire people and be there and show them that it's possible, you know, and, if you can't do it, hey, I'll speak for you. If that's what it takes for people to notice and to understand us as families and our children, um, because we're not alone in this. And it felt really nice to hear you say at the very beginning that, you know, you were in my shoes at one point. And um, because it is lonely, because no one does really understand you. No one gets you. And just, and we're not alone. We are absolutely not alone. There are so many. There are a hundred thousand people living with fragile X syndrome mm-hmm. in the United States, um, and all over the world. And you're gonna run. You're gonna run into people, and you're gonna feel like there's a huge community around you of love and grace and and acceptance. And you're gonna learn. You're gonna learn from everybody else that has paved the road before you right? and you're going to continue paving. So good on you. Well, and just to speak on um, that, I don't know if you, if you um, heard of one of the previous episodes, I, I just, everything you were talking about made me think of, of something so profound that she said that she just said, you know, when you receive your, your uh, diagnosis for your child, something that can be so hard to do, but is so helpful for them is to just focus on the next six months ahead, not what their adulthood Mm -hmm. is going to look like, not what their teenage years are going to look like, just the next six months, because those next six months are, is what is, and what you do with those six months are going to impact who they are as an adult and, and as a teenager and everything that, that they are uh, prepared for. And so I just thought that that was so inspiring and so much wisdom from that because, um, you know, like you said, when you're fresh in your diagnosis, um, it can be hard to, you know, kind of move forward. But like you said, you want, you, you wanted to do that for Sebastian. And I just really admire that. And, um, just thank you so much for, for sharing everything that you did. It definitely takes a lot of um, vulnerability too. Um, and so I just wanted to ask you, um, so after, um, you know, receiving your diagnosis for Sebastian and, and just also finding out that your um, new 
newest member of the family (laughs) (laughs) does not uh, carry the mutation. Um, What advice would you give to uh, families just with, with multiple kids, you know, that has one that, that has fragile X and maybe has, you know, other kids that, that do not. Um, What kind of advice would you give to those families? Um, And maybe you can speak on a few things that have really been helpful for you as, as far as, um, you know, helping Sebastian while also um, tending to, you know, your other kids as well, and just kind of balancing that life, you know? Um, That is a really, really good answer. I mean, question, sorry. Um, (laughs) um, So when, like I previously said, um, I put myself, my husband and I put ourselves in, in the mindset of, well, if Sebastian, if Max, because my baby's name is Max, if he has it, then he'll completely understand Sebastian. If he doesn't have it, he will still somewhat understand him, kind of be on the same level as us, and but be there um, for him all the time. And um, they can both learn from each other. I, one thing that I want to instill in my children is that um, just because Sebastian may have a developmental delay, quote unquote, disability, um, doesn't mean that he is any different from Max. He, I will treat them exactly the same way. I will not speak to Sebastian any different than I speak to Max. Um, I think that's very important because I also don't want them to grow or yeah, for Sebastian to, you know, really start realizing and be like, hey, why does my mom and my dad treat my brother differently than than the way they treat me? And I think it needs to be fair all around. Um, I do uh, tell Sebastian every single day we have him kiss his brother goodnight, kiss his brother in the morning. We always tell him, look at your brother. We make sure that he feels included in everything, whether at the moment he wants to or doesn't want to, but he still does it. We try to have them engage together, even though Max is four months, but he's very aware. And that is something that I kind of knew that was different from Sebastian was that a lot of things that I see with Max, I feel like a new mom all over again, because I didn't experience with Sebastian. So I, I hope, and I can only pray that, um, as Max is getting older and he begins to do certain things that Sebastian may not yet be doing, um, that Sebastian will see his brother and learn from him. And that's what I want to teach them is that they can learn from each other. Um, It may be a little bit more difficult for Sebastian, but he will get there. It's not that he's never going to get there. He will get there just at his own pace. Um, Mm -hmm. So that is one thing I do want parents to know is to not treat their kids differently, to treat them equally. Yes, of course, there are those moments where you have to kind of twig the little moment and be like, oh, okay, we have to do this differently, but make sure that they're 
all your kids are included, that no one is feeling left out or felt being made felt different. Um, because at the, at the end of the day, they are siblings and they need to learn to love each other. And I would want my son, Max, to be able to speak up for his brother one day um, if Sebastian isn't able to do that. Again, I don't know what the future will hold. I don't want to think about it. I want to think that, you know, the best, right, uh, as any parent would. So the only thing that I can take from my experience so far as a parent to two kids that are different um, I guess you could say, is that to not treat them different, to treat them the same, to show them they need to love each other uh, because that's what we need to put out into the world, to show love, to be kind, to understand one another, whether you're on different pages or not. Um, and that's honestly what we need right now, this moment with everything absolutely sebastian's gonna be very fortunate to have a brother to learn from that's Mm -hmm. like that's a blessing right there and you know max is going to be very impacted by being an advocate Mm -hmm. for his son or i'm sorry for his brother (laughs) (laughs) and um you know even when max gets older and has kids of his own you know um (laughs) he can them to be advocates as well <laughs> yes no of course um, but we won't talk about that <laughs> yeah that's 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 stressing me out now stressing me out <laughs> um well thank you so much for sharing that because you know before I found out about my own uh diagnosis with fragile x so I am actually a full mutation carrier um of fragile x but I don't possess any of the uh, you know, uh, behavioral or physical characteristics to, to the same degree, of course, as like my, my, my cousin, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I, bef- before finding out about it, I was learning how to be an advocate for my cousin. Um, and that really grew me in itself, even before finding out about the diagnosis for myself. So just um, being able to hear how much you desire, you know, Max to be an advocate for his brother is just so cool. And that's so important. And we actually have um, an episode um, on um, the perspective from a sibling of a uh, fragile X child. And it's very interesting just to hear um, this young girl's perspective on how she advocates for her brother who has fragile X and how she helps her friends um, to understand what fragile X is and that he is no different from anybody else and they all and they treat him the same and um, it's a very inspiring uh, uh, podcast episode so um, and just knowing that uh, Max will be able to have the same impact on his future friends and, and family. Um, it's just so cool. So there's definitely a lot of, of blessings in, in siblings. Yes. We could do a podcast theme on siblings sometimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. We definitely have a lot of uh, series in the works. So we're really excited about it. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's yes. awesome. It's awesome that you guys are doing this and, Um, because like I said, I feel like there's not 
a lot of awareness about Fragile X. Um, unless you're diagnosed or someone you know is diagnosed with it, that's when you're like, oh, this exists. It's not like autism. You know, I feel like everyone in the world knows what autism is or, um, you know, are familiar with it at least. Um, so when someone, when you tell someone, oh, I think it's very difficult for me to say, um, oh, my son has fragile X. Not difficult in the sense like, oh, I don't want to explain, but just hearing like, oh, I've never heard of that. He looks normal. Well, what is my son supposed to look like? Um, right. What, what is normal? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what is he supposed to look like? Uh, so yeah. I think that's where it's difficult for me is, you know, having to tell people, like, I feel like sometimes I feel like it's just easier for me to be like, oh, he's autistic because everyone knows what that is. But then I'm like, well, how is there going to be awareness about Fragile X if I'm not going to sit here and want to explain, right? So Right. And that's how that's how I am, too. Like, you know, my son lives with Fragile X or, you know, it's a lot like autism. And if I don't have a lot of time to explain it and everybody's kind of familiar with autism, I say my son lives with autism if I'm in the grocery store yeah. online and stemming with a who knows what in the from the aisle right, <laughs> right? yeah in so, it and people are giving me looks like hey you know that's my son he's he's doing his happy dance or whatever I make it positive so they don't feel uncomfortable and Nate doesn't feel uncomfortable and I always talk positive around Nate because like I said they have great receptive language mm -hmm. they understand everything you're mm -hmm. saying even though you don't think they do oh they yeah do. they do They're learning from I completely from. agree so, um <laughs> Well, I, um, thank you, Nicole. This was a great podcast. Oh my gosh. And Ashley, I just want to say, um, you know, you're hopefully plugged into fragilex.org. There's a plethora of information on that website. Um, stay tuned into the podcast. Um, we'll have lots of, of more episodes. And if you ever want to share again, please reach out to Nicole. And, um, we, so I've so enjoyed listening to your story. It brings me back and it gives me a lot of inspiration again. It just fills me up and, you know, we're not alone. Yes. We're in this together. I agree. So beautiful, I agree. beautiful job. This Thank morning. you guys so much for having me. And, um, like I said, it's, it's an amazing journey at the end of the day. I, uh, love being able to be a part of this, of, this diagnosis. Um, yeah. I actually just became part of um, the Fraxa SoCal um, committee. And um, I, I'm telling you, anything and everything I can do to be able to be more involved in my son's diagnosis is everything to me. Um, we are all in this yes. together all of so, us every organization every family we're all in this together yes. so good on yes. you yeah thank you so much ashley for being with us and just being such a great example of what it looks like to create more advocacy for fragile x um we really appreciate that as that's just something that uh talk fx is all about is just um creating more awareness with this platform and um, more advocacy for Fragile X. So thank you so much for being a part of that and um, just sharing Sebastian's story. He is such a cutie. And um, <laughs> I've enjoyed seeing some 
some photos of him. He's adorable. And your and your new one, Max. Yes. Um, so mm-hmm. Chris, thank you so much for being willing to share your family with us. We really appreciate that. And we do not take it for granted. No, thank you guys. Thank you guys again so much for having this podcast, for having me on the podcast and um, hearing Sebastian's story. Uh, you guys are doing amazing at, sh- you know, having people share their stories and just sharing um, more awareness about what's going on with Fragile X and having people look into our world. So thank you guys very, very much. And I wish you guys the best on this podcast. And I hope to be able to be at your guys' level one day of being able to oh. look back and see that everything was just fine and it was the there's there's, there's a light at the no, end of the tunnel <laughs> there's a light at the end of the tunnel there's no level i promise <laughs> and you're doing a great job mama you and ins- you're inspiring people as they're listening to this so good on you and i'm very proud of thank you thank you thank you thank you ashley thank take, you take bye thank you for tuning in to talk fx Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at TalkFragileX to keep up to date on the latest episodes. You can listen to TalkFragileX on the major podcast listening platforms, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. (music) 